This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Burra. This is Lynn Burra, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission is to elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose, to equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles and faith-filled obedience. What are we talking about today? Well, we have been on a number of episodes sharing about how to interact with truth. And we have shared, uh, just in a brief summary, that truth must be believed, and we believe it by receiving it. But then once we receive it, we need to interact with it, internalize it, engage it. It's very important Mm -hmm. that we um, allow God to bring about an experiential revelation of it. Sometimes I repeat these phrases because I want you to put into your vocabulary some of these phrases because spiritual concepts take shape and form through spiritual words. And mm-hmm. we must have a, a, a body of vocabulary that we can describe what God is doing in us, the processes mm-hmm. of, of maturity that God is walking us through and working in us to bring us into maturity in Christ. So I have felt a real burden to say, I don't want to just believe and receive something. No, I want the impact of God's word in my life to bear forth fruit. Jesus talked in one of the primary parables that we uh, learn in his teaching is is the parable of the, the sower and the seed. And he talked about the condition of our heart is the thing that allows a level of fruitfulness or the consequence of if our soil of our heart has not been uh, prepared effectively, then it leads to an unfruitfulness or a diminished fruitfulness. Well, we are called to bear forth fruit. And, And our father is the husbandman. And he is going to prune and he is going to continue to cultivate. He's going to try to see that the life of his son through the seed of the word of God is reproduced in our life. And and to think, Carmen, that uh, his goal is not just, I hope that a third of the seed produces fruit. There's nothing wrong with the seed that the sower has sowed. It's all whether I am a field that can produce a level of harvest of the, the, the life of Christ manifesting itself in and through me. So it is my goal and it should be the goal of every born again believer to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate within us a heart. And again, we've talked about it, a heart that can hear because mm-hmm. that's the receiving part. I want to be a I want to be a heart that hears, a heart that can receive. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I, I not only want to uh, hear the truth, I want to believe the truth, which is embrace it deeply into my life. But then I want to create an environment for that seed to flourish. 
that the potential and the power of the seed, the very DNA of the, the life of Christ, the DNA of the life of God, because that's what we've been born again by, by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. It, it allows me to experience more of the gift of eternal life that God has given to us. And as I say, many, many times quoting Dallas Willard, it is the goal of every Christian, not just to get to heaven when you die, but to experience heaven before you die. And by that, he was saying, uh, salvation and Christianity is about a life that is to be lived now. Salvation is life. Salvation and is so life. if you're saying, well, I, I think that I heard a preacher say that someday we will be saved. I have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And I understand salvation at a consummate level. You know, First Peter said that there is a, a salvation which is guarded by God, provided by God, in heaven, ready and reserved to be revealed to me. And that's gonna be the ultimate experience of my salvation. But God has not postponed or delayed or denied our ability to access his life today. And so we want to experience all that Jesus has for us and, and the experience that Jesus has for us in, in, in interacting and in this exchange of relationship and life that he desires for us to experience right now is really based upon my ability to allow the seed of his life in me to flourish mm -hmm. and to come forth within me to transform me. So it, it is about interacting with the truth, engaging the truth, and then allowing it to be internalized and applied and then expressed uh, through us uh, because he is the living Christ right. and he is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus is living uh, in each and every one of us that know him. And he wants his life to be lived in and through us today. What, what a mm -hmm. thing again, I know in the la last episode I talked about that, but what a, what a thing to, in Holy Spirit, creativity and imagination, to, to contemplate on that, to meditate on that, to imagine more of that, what it looks like as Jesus expresses himself and the reality of his his uh, presence and his person being revealed in and through me that's that should be the goal of every believer when we wake up in the morning and say jesus here am i i present my body that's gonna say uh, that. that's i why present we have a body. i present myself to you as <laughs> a living a sacrifice he's not requiring your death he he just says no i can i can i take your body and use it that I can live myself through you, that you will be a living sacrifice. And, and again, we're not saved by works, but we were born again. We were recreated by God in a new creation reality to express mm -hmm. his workmanship, what he's remaking you to be in him. And so... We demonstrate our interaction with the word and our faith in it by our works. Yes, Kirsten, I started James. So today in this episode, I want to just talk about um, where is the, the first launch pad for getting into interacting uh, 
uh, with truth and internalizing truth so that truth takes shape and form within us and it's revealed uh, through us. Well, to me, prayer is that mm -hmm. launching pad. Um, and, it's, and it's not just praying and reading the Bible, it's prayer with the Bible. And so we use a phrase, and this is not an original phrase that I've originated, but um, others have originated, but you know, copying for Christ is permitted. <laughs> so I want to use this phrase. It's praying God's word back to God. So prayer is our highest privilege, but it also is the greatest means by which we interact with truth. And so as I've grown as a believer, more and more of my prayer life, it has moved away from what I call shopping list Christianity. <laughs> and, and by that, I'm using the metaphor of the illustration that, you know, uh, from time to time, we look in the refrigerator and, and our family has hit the fridge hard and the things that we have stored in the refrigerator to be eaten over time, uh, resources are getting low and we know that we need resupply. So <laughs> we start planning. We're going to have to get to the grocery store. And so when we go to the grocery store, we want to make sure that we're only there one time and not five times in the same week. We make a shopping list, a grocery list, to where we don't forget the things that we need based on the things that we're going to prepare and cook and, and the meals that we have planned. Well, many times Christians develop shopping lists in prayer. And so we think that basically uh, God is like a celestial grocery store. And, <laughs> and he is uh, the God who is our source. He is yeah. our provider. Yeah, he is the one who is the God that is the all-sufficient one. And rightly so, we should look to him for all things. And because uh, we know that uh, everything that we need and everything that, um, you know, we need resourcing uh, in, it can be found in Him. Yep. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Life and becoming more like Him, yes. And so, um, but many times my shopping list with God is designed on what I think that I need. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, based on my felt needs or m my understanding of my circumstances mm -hmm. and what I think should be done and things that I need straightened out and people that need to be straightened, <laughs> straightened <laughs> out in, in my life. And so, uh, I used to think that intercession was, was about me going to God and aggressively, uh, you know, litigating my case before him and, and saying, hopefully I've given you enough legal basis <laughs> to act on my behalf and for you to pass judgment on, mm -hmm. on the things that I need to pass judgment. And there are roots of truth in all of that. But when we begin to engage in prayer, it is not about me coming to God with my understanding of my circumstances, my understanding of my needs, because now I realize as I've grown, uh, God knows my what I need more than I can assess what I need. 
And sometimes I thought, I really need that. And only come to find out that God says, no, I'm going to answer you because you're a needy person, but I am going to meet the need in a way that you have not thought of. Because my understanding and my uh, comprehension of all things is greater than the limited, finite perspective that you have in that. And so, Carmen, you know, this has been written down in, in songs and in lyric and uh, phrases have been stated that thank God God hasn't answered all of our prayers because <laughs> right. our life would really be messed up yeah. if, if God gave us everything that we thought that we needed mm -hmm. and everything that we demanded from him. And so I have learned that prayer is more about positioning my heart and this is the phrase that I've stated and I want to restate it again, where I'm growing to learn to pray with God, not just to God. Now, I pray to God because, again, he is my source. But that phrase gives me a language to pivot and to change my perspective of how I view prayer. So instead of me just going to God, I go, I got a case. And I've got my shopping list and you're the one that can take care of this because you're almighty and all powerful. And number one, I need more money <laughs> or I need you to straighten out those kids or I need you to straighten out my wife or I need you to straighten out this or that. I have come to, with, to approach God, to approach God come to God with great assurance and confidence that mm -hmm. allows me sometimes to work on my list, work off a list. <laughs> but instead of me just saying, this is what I need you to do, I say, here are some cares, here are some concerns, here are some things that I don't understand. They're too big for me, God. And because of that, in the life that I'm living, I need resolution of this. I need this to work out. And I believe that because you're good, you're faithful, you, you, you have power and greatness, I need you to bring to bear into my life what you can bring to these circumstances that I cannot decipher, that I cannot uh, you know, put in my order the way I would want them to be ordered. And so I've learned to pray with God and approach him. And instead of saying, God, this is what I need you to do. I've, I've said, Father, what is it that you would like to have done? What is it is the expression of your will mm -hmm. in this? How do you want to work this out? And... And where are you already at work? Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching at church and uh, we were talking about kingdom expression. And I got to be careful because I don't want to re-preach something that I already <laughs> taught. But I just said that um, Jesus in talking about the, the Father, and this should cause us to grow in a confidence about the circumstances in our life. 
He said, my father is always at work. Mm -hmm. One translation says the father is always working. And so Jesus said, if, if dad is at work, I'm going to be partnering with him in where he's working mm -hmm. and how he's working and what he is attempting uh, to work out in situations. And so I invited those that I was speaking to that day to number one, receive the truth that God hasn't given up on you, you know, that God is not a million miles away from your family or for your, from your children or from your city or from your circumstances. But hear me today, God is at work in your life. God is at work in you. He is always working. So they estimate the world population at 7 point billion, maybe even a little more now, billion human beings that are living on planet Earth right now. Powerful. That that many people are alive simultaneously in this moment of human history. And you go, why would God allow the population to grow so large? Because <laughs> he's about ready to take a harvest in, a global worldwide harvest by a tsunami of a wave of his spirit that is going to be a final outpouring and a final harvest before Jesus comes back. Because Jesus is going to receive from all the nations of the earth, from every tribe, every dialect, every ethnicity, he is going to receive an inheritance from every nation of the earth. Mm -hmm. And oh, what a glorious uh, family and body and nation he will have uh, of from every, every, um, direction of countries and nations on this planet, the Lord will receive the reward for which he suffered. But I made a statement said, Jesus is at work in every single one of their lives. Hmm. The most vilest sinner, the most sinister individual, the one that is furthest removed uh, from God at the greatest distance from God because of their activities and their wicked works and their darkened mind and darkened heart. But this is the profound nature of God's grace where sin abounds. And, and we would look into some countries and uh, certain countries are darker than others because of the absence of the light of the gospel not being present there. But where, where sin abounds, grace abounds grace all abounds. the more. That's why I just enjoy reading stories uh, from mission fields of how mm -hmm. Jesus is showing up supernaturally in places where the gospel is resisted or suppressed. And Jesus is showing up in, in the lives of villages and people with night visions and dreams. And uh, I had the opportunity to hear, hear somebody that is a laborer in the Middle East. And of course, we know the 1040 window you know, goes across a band of North Africa through the Middle East into Iraq and Iran and, and kind of that, that area that is dominated by Islam. And I asked this missionary, I said, I've read reports that people are having Jesus appear in their dreams and reveal himself to them, Muslims that would not have any opportunity to have the New Testament or even gospel preaching uh, available to them. And this guy said, um, he said, I know a man who was an ISIS 
militant that had been, you know, a part of ISIS in Iraq and Syria. And he had even been involved in the killing of Christians in eastern Syria and western Iraq. And he said that Jesus appeared to him in a dream and, and mirrored what he had said to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Why are you persecuting me? He said that this man uh, that night, you know, came to Jesus, realized that what he was doing was actually, you know, thinking he was doing God a service, being a follower of Islam, but came to this revelation and reality of the risen Christ. And he made his confession, but then had to escape his life as an ISIS militant. Well, yeah. Carmen, I know that we prayed for stuff like that. We prayed that God, would you would you bring these people? Because they, they're zealous uh, in some way, thinking they're trying to radically, zealously live mm -hmm. for God. But it's without understanding, without wisdom. And I remember praying, God, would you raise up uh, Saul's of Tarsus out of the you know, uh, people that are um, Islamic fundamentalists? And would you change their lives and reorient them by the revelation of yourself to them? Well, God is doing it in places. And the point that I'm trying to make is that God is at work in places that we never dreamed that he would be working. He's working in every person's life. And so what I wanna do is I wanna learn to cooperate, to see where he's working, how he's working and what he is attempting to do by the work that he is working on us in that moment. What is, what is he trying to accomplish in that moment? So I learned to partner with him. And as I pray and as I pray God's word back to God, it sensitizes me to understand God's ways his heart, the way God thinks, because it renews and transforms my mind to where instead of me praying things that are counter to his will and his work, I begin to open up doorways in my heart and, and, and the Holy Spirit then can give me understanding to where I start seeing things the way God sees them. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying with God and not using my prayer life to joust with God, to sword fight with God, and, and to resist him in some way. No, I want you to do it this way, God. We learn to cooperate with God, and Jesus taught us to pray this in a very simple way. It's praying. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Well, thank you guys for joining us today on the Age Changer Show. It's always a good episode when you make your wife cry. All right. Love you guys. If you could like this and share it, if it's um, a message that you want the people in your circles of, of friends to be able to access and to know, um, remember we're running this race together and we're running it to encourage each other to press on and to keep our eyes fixed on the prize who is Christ Jesus. Um, also, if you need any more information about Summit Life, you can go to summitlifeministries.com and check us out there. Thank you very much. God bless you.
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.